they know that if they put you in a situation to be uncomfortable, you're going to try and compensate for that uncomfortability by being nice. That's so great. Keep that in mind. Yeah, so don't do that. So anytime someone's being making you feel uncomfortable, run the other way because they're about to kill you. <laughs> hey everybody, this is Brittany and you're listening to Rated BA. Hi. That's Freddie. Uh, so today we're talking a little bit about the Zodiac, but before we get into that, Freddie, what have you been into lately? So, I don't know, I've, I've kind of, I'm an avid gamer, but I haven't really been playing that often right now. Um, but what I have been playing is Dark Souls. Well, Dark Souls 3. Wait, wait, wait. He hasn't been playing Dark Souls. He's been defeated by Dark Souls. Well, that's the point. <laughs> well, I played I, I played the first Dark Souls and I didn't even finish it. I got so frustrated with it. and But I liked it. So I, I thought about going back into it and, and trying it. And I've only been playing for like maybe four or five hours and it's incredibly frustrating. Um, I've only hit the, the, the second boss, so... People don't know this is a game that's all about i don't want i don't want to say skill but it's all about dying and it's all about boss fights and you just constantly die and die and die so that's constantly what i've been doing but i'm enjoying it so i haven't reached that level of uh frustration where i just want to quit but i have a feeling that may happen eventually has anybody ever beat this game i i have no idea <laughs> People say it's good. It is, but if you beat this game before, please let us know and give Freddie some pointers because it's kind of no. sad to keep watching him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the funny part is, okay, so one time I was watching him, and I was like, it can't be that hard. So I said, let me play. And then <laughs> we were playing. That. We were playing this like big boss guy. I don't even know who he was. And this was the first one, and I said, all right, tell me what to do. And so he shows me the. Was it a PlayStation? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it shows me the controllers, the X's, those, whatever. I'm so, like, I'm not telling her, okay, this one's to block, <laughs> this one's to hit, so and he, then this one's like the heavy hit. Yeah, he's always telling me all that. And I go, okay, sorry, I was cracking my knuckles. I don't know if you could hear that. But this is how pumped I'm getting to tell the story. <laughs> so, so I go on, <laughs> and I literally take two steps forward, <laughs> and I freaking die. And I look at him, and I'm like, wait a minute. Was that it? Like, did I just die? And he couldn't stop laughing because he's like, oh, I told you it's so hard. But literally, it is really hard because I didn't even know I died when I had actually died. Like, I had literally walked in two seconds later, I'm dead. That's all I needed, though, because after that, you kind of respected me a little bit more. Just a little bit. Because little by little, you kept losing respect for me, I, I noticed. <laughs> but, I mean, you still haven't beat it, so. <laughs> so, what are you into? I am actually really into, I don't shop a lot because i'm i'm greedy and i like to see money in my account but <laughs> i need some new workout shirts the other day and i'm really digging this like nine dollar t-shirt i bought from target it's nice i like it thanks it's like a workout shirt but i actually wore it to work so i just put like a, a sweater thing it, over it it, it it passes for uh it right? can be a, it's a little shiny also funny story i bought this bra i don't, I don't care if it's tmi but i bought this bra and I was like, damn, this is a comfy bra. And it's like a bralette, you know, like those have been really in lately. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be so trendy with this new bralette. I, I, you know, I pay for it. I bring it home and I'm like, oh, my God, this is like a maternity bra because it's just like 
you can like pull it down on either side but it's really cute so whatever i'm rocking the maternity bra even though i have no children and no plans on having children anytime soon so i don't have bras yeah so i don't wear bras that's what i'm into lately my recent target purchase cool i like the other shirt that you got too yeah that one's cool too they have this like cool little line where it's like 80s kind of 70 ish gear they have like little bomber jackets and stuff like that and it looked really cute freddie said it looked like a character from glow yeah it did <laughs> so it's a good show by the way it's okay i liked it, I liked it. um yeah it's not bad it's kind of funny it has its moments but that's not what we're talking about today no why'd you do it you put your face out there for him to see hello who is this Zodiac was my job. It's not yours. He's still out there, Dave. Killing is his compulsion. It drives him. It's in his blood. Jeez. What? Squirrels. This is the Zodiac speaking. I've begun. I can give you a lift to the service station. Do you always go around helping people in the night? I'm not the Zodiac. And if I was, I certainly wouldn't tell you. Are you sure there's nobody else in the house? Speaking of 70s, we're talking about the Zodiac. So it's well, it's just Zodiac. It's just Zodiac. It's, it's just not Zodiac. the Zodiac. Drop, no. drop the the. Drop the the. the Another that? David Fincher movie. Oh, you know what? That's probably where just, he got just it. Just so y'all know, David Fincher is a uh, um, director. No, well, yes, but badass. <laughs> it's a fan favorite in his household so if you guys haven't seen it in a lot of a lot of his movies i think every one of his movies is is great we just, just call him david around here yeah he's dave hey david yeah it's not david dave but but it's a great movie though i i think i, I think i saw it in theaters when it came out i think it came out when i was in high school i think zodiac? Year. yeah um, um and i actually read about zodiac does the, the zodiac um I think in high school too. I didn't watch the movie. I wasn't into movies that much back then. But I was into serial killers, oddly enough. Well, so. you still, you still. Well, in college you were. That's yeah. You. So I knew a lot about the Zodiac, and I did too, though, because I actually did a report on it. Oh, that's on true. Him. And I was kind of, I, 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 I think I went to a community college during high school, and I had to do. Uh, I, I don't think it was serial killers, but I happened to be doing a project on him and. I was all scared, like at two a.m. to pulling on lighter at the at the last day before it was due, and I was all scared listening, watching, reading the the notes and stuff because it was like they were photocopies of all the the notes and stuff. But in case people doesn't don't know, Zodiac is a uh, was a serial killer in the late sixties, early seventies in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, um, that kind of pretty terrorized. much the whole calif like Northern California and yeah. Southern California, mid Cal, like pretty much California in general. He but it, but it was famous famous because he would send letters to the newspapers and yep. and taunt the police and and he wasn't he was never found. He still hasn't been. Uh, um, found or anything like that, which is kind of crazy. Right. So I mean, I mean, Trump thinks it's Ted Cruz. So we got <laughs> we got that lead going on. Teddy, if you're hearing, we're on to you. We're on to you. Even though I think you weren't even born for the first one, <laughs> but that's all right. Um, can you imagine like baby Ted Cruz just like <laughs> running around fucking terrorizing? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> someone someone like google an image of baby ted cruz and i really need to see that now. <laughs> um just kidding he was never a baby uh, okay so zodiac the most interesting serial killer today for a lot of people to me because i've researched so many serial killers he's not the most interesting to me as far as actual crimes go as far as murders go but he is the most interesting for a few different reasons one of the fact that he was never ever caught and you know the second reason is because of his correspondence with the media and the press so which is creepy you can look it up online and see all these photocopies like i like i mentioned and it, it's so turn on private browsing though <laughs> yeah it's so interesting though because it looks i don't know it to me it looks really creepy it is and and i i like this movie because it kind of balances like the creepiness with like the mystery and honestly i when freddie first showed me this movie i was like why didn't you show me this movie when we first started dating first of all you know how much i love serial killers <laughs> sorry that sounds weird but i mean i don't love them but you know what i mean and anyways i fell in love with it also it has jake gyllenhaal which i mean come on and mark ruffalo Mark Ruffalo. 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 Sorry. Uh, Okay, so... Okay, so just... I'm getting off topic. But doesn't Mark Ruffalo have, like, the best, like, squinty, concerned face that you've ever seen? You know what? He does. It's just like... He's like... He's like... "Hmm." And then, like, he turns his... You you can't see me because obviously I'm... But I'm doing it right now. Where (laughs) he's just like... He squints and then he, like, purses his lips together and then he kind of like goes to the side and you're like, oh God, there's some thought you know going what, on well, there. You know what? He kind of he kind of gives off that good look of like Bruce Banner and the Avengers as the scientist because he's always like He's like very thinking. methodical. Yeah. And he serves really well as a detective. That's why I, oh my God, I love him in Spotlight. He's like my favorite in Spotlight. Okay, we'll talk about Spotlight at a different time. <laughs> but anyways, that's like one of my favorite movies, by the way, Spotlight. But also The Zodiac. I really love The Zodiac. And so um like i said i was this, it's a very prolific killer very popular so honestly it wouldn't take that much effort i mean freddie and i can probably make a movie at the zodiac and we'd get some hints because i mean it's just a cult classic that you kind of watch and even if it's not that great you're kind of into it because of the popularity behind the actual serial killer so it wouldn't take a whole lot for fincher to make this a pretty popular movie but he really went in on it. Like, he did so much CGI, which, yeah, I bet you didn't even know that. Um, the blood is CGI and a lot of the scenery because old 70s San Francisco doesn't exist anymore. And as if you've ever been to San Francisco, it looks very different. There's a lot of people there now. But they did a lot of CGI as far as, like, the scenery goes just to make it historically accurate. And even though I knew all of that going into it, especially because we just watched it again like an hour ago, I was really trying to find the CGI aspects of it. And it was so hard for me. Like, I it's, couldn't find it. It's crazy. Um, you know which one that always always kind of tricks me is the uh, that part when... Um, you remember that shot, like, with that car driving on the, on the empty highway and it and it's... Uh, it's um, you're looking at the semi truck parked on the, on oh, the highway, yeah. and then it goes around it, and, see, and and then you see the woman who had yeah. jumped out of the car. That whole shot CGI. What? 
Yeah. I didn't even know that. See? And it's it's so crazy. You know what? Nobody even acted in it. Everybody, that's a fake, <laughs> fake CGI Jake Gyllenhaal. Exactly. Everybody's CGI. Well, but that's, that's what kind of, I think, gets me excited for his movies because every one of his movies is so precise and so specific in in every detail mm-hmm. from the dialogue to the the blocking of the actors which is the the actors movements the characters movements from one that uh corresponding to another to the camera work it's all very specific on a tripod or on on a dolly that's sliding it's 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 something that the, the the specific type of camera work and specificity in this movie I think la- lands perfectly with the story that it is in an, an investigation. Yeah. I think. Yeah, well, it just makes sense because, I mean, the story's got to be detailed, so the imagery has to be detailed. Can I just say one thing, though? Uh, the Zodiac's handwriting, I didn't notice this until we just watched it, looks exactly like Freddy's handwriting. Mm, no. no. Yes. Nah, yes you're crazy. D- yes the way the d's are like as i'm looking at this handwriting i'm looking over and i'm like what the <laughs> well, when were you then? born again i'll write in cursive then well that way i won't it look looks, like it <laughs> you, you got zodiac handwriting that's what i'm gonna call it Uh-oh. um so yeah so i i appreciate like you said david fincher uh, sorry david's uh Dave's. dave dave god damn it i'm just gonna call him d <laughs> it's just gonna it's just gonna shorten until like it's just like a sound like D Finch. D, D. Uh okay, so David's Dave's uh <laughs> God damn it. Fincher. <laughs> Fincher's attention to detail is just so beautiful. And you know what though? You know what I appreciate about him? Is that he doesn't rub your face in it. He's like Hustle. I don't know. I mean I can't think of any other movie makers, but sometimes you're like, Okay, I get it. You're you pay attention to a bunch of detail. There's a ton of details in this movie. But he pays so much attention to detail that you don't even realize it. Because, And that's the best kind because you're just so engulfed in the story and you just you throw yourself into whatever time period, location that he's at. So in this case, it was San Francisco, 1970s. And he did not hold back on it at all. Like he really took everything and made it within that time period well i think what helped is that uh, why i think he was probably one of the better best directors to actually direct this movie is that he was born and raised in san francisco or in the area oh really so he is he that old i think so i think he was maybe in elementary school during during this time Hmm. but either way i mean he knows the area and i think that kind of i think that kind of helps especially when it's when it's all about uh, different locations within mm-hmm. the California coast. Well, good for him. I'm glad he wasn't killed. So this film, because <laughs> then we would have. <laughs> it took me a while to think. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so this film is actually like just it just unapologetically engulfs the 70s, but not like in a cheesy way. So you think of the Brady Bunch, super cheesy, bell bottoms, super straight hair, things like that. No, like this one's just really just what you would imagine the actual 70s be like i mean there's a lot of yellows and oranges and browns and like saturated colors i remember kind of thinking like hey i remember i don't remember that because i'm not that old but (laughs) remember seeing pictures of like my mom and dad and stuff during that time period they didn't grow up in san francisco but just furniture and everything just looked so real and so 
much in that time period. So I really appreciate that. And I think it, I think the, it it all, it feels alive. Like when you're, when they're walking around, uh, when they're all around the city or in diners or something like that, Mm -hmm. there's people walking around and, and people that aren't, you don't really focus on them because you're focusing the story and they're focusing on the characters that, that are, that are speaking and whatnot. But it, it, it helps sell Mm -hmm. the, the atmosphere of, of, of the, both the time period and, and the location. Yes. And can I also say that Mark Ruffalo can rock a fro like nobody's business. I mean, <laughs> you know what? I didn't even realize he had an afro. Yeah. It was just, well, it's not like a full on afro. It's just like a little mini frizz, frizz fro. I like to yeah. call it a little frizz fro, but he did good. I'm, yeah. And I'm glad they went with that. We, I, he did good, but I, I also think everybody else did good. I think Robert Downey Jr. did really good at that. He, he was very uh, um, he played, out there in a way. Mm, he played a drunk, angry man. That's not really a stretch for Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> at that time. Although I, I love Robert Downey Jr., that's not a stretch. But no, he did really, really good. I really liked him. And then I loved Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, he's got the perfect kind of like... Um, boy next door twitchy kind of guy stuttering or not stuttering but oh changing his mind like he did a lot of he he had a lot of lines where he hit he wasn't sure of what to say and i think that kind of lands perfectly with his character i think so too i mean it's just you needed someone like that to kind of really portray kind of this innocence in the film after all of this death so he was kind of like this innocent the comedic factor as well too yeah, but not in a way that you would think. I mean, yeah. it's not super comedic, but it's like, like I said, innocent. Almost like a relief. Yeah. You kind of turn to Like him. a comic relief? No, like a, like a, I don't know. But not, it's, he's not comedic. He's not no, funny. No, he's not, but you did, you you did end up chuckling at some points, right? Because I did. Maybe like a, aw, relief. Like either a, way, either way, yeah. It's still something different than the regular tone of the movie. Yeah, it's different tone, definitely. So another thing that Fincher does besides attention to detail is he uses time uh, very effectively. So this whole movie, I mean, the whole crimes with the Zodiac took place over the span of like several years. And there were several gaps in between like first and foremost like and the movie kind of follows that like the first couple of you know i would say like 30 minutes or so it's very fast piggy so what's going on there's killings the letters and then that's how it was when it first started everything was picked up there was things being sent he was calling in stuff like that but then when he started to slow down the movie started to slow down and that's when we got more into like the investigation piece and the details and stuff like that. And so then it picked up again at the end once we started to see Zodiac come back a little bit. But I really appreciated the way David Fincher relayed time to us because sometimes that's really hard for me to grasp, especially because I'll read where it says, oh, 1970 or 1972. And then, but then I'll forget. And that doesn't stick with me. And I'm like, okay, so where? So it kind of just seems like it was just the next scene. Yeah. So it's just like, especially because like all the characters, uh, uh, the way a lot of people portray time is like with children and how they grow up and stuff like mm. that. But this one didn't really, I mean, there was children in there, but they didn't really, they weren't really the characters and I didn't really know where they were at age and stuff like yeah. that. And so all of the characters were adults and they don't really age over the span of four years. So 
It's well, really it was more like 10 years, I think. Well, the, I mean, the last couple of years is what I mean. Mm. But but they don't really age that much. And so you don't really notice it, even 10 years, you know. So what he did in one of the scenes was early on, there was an investigation. I think they're investigating the cab driver. And he's like, well, you know, it's my birthday. And he's like, oh, okay, well, then I'll take the body. And that that's all that was said. And then, you know, some time passes. They have a few more cases and they go to this other call. And he said, the other guy says, oh, by the way, happy birthday. And so at that point, you know, holy crap, he just had a birthday. Because, you know, it's several like days past. So it's not the same birthday. It's not the same day. So at that point in time, you know, okay, a year has passed. And I thought that was so interesting because I knew a year had passed. But it didn't hit me till right then and there until I made it personal. And that's when I finally started to put a time stamp on things. I think it also is interesting how he does it visually because, yeah, that helps you kind of navigate the timeline of the movie. But when there are those big jumps in time, like two, three years, it's it's interesting how he does it because what I think of is that that one famous building in San Francisco, the one that's being built, and oh, as, the time lapse. Yeah, the time lapse of it being built, which is another CGI shot, and obviously, right. And uh, but it's interesting because he uses that that as a as a as a way of telling us, okay, we're moving on, uh, a, a, in time, a larger amount as 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 before, which is, I mean, it doesn't really tell you how how long it is, but you know it's long. And it's just something interesting and 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 pretty to look at too. Yeah. But uh, another thing too about when you said about the the details of the birthday and then a birthday, uh, the happy birthday a few scenes later on. That's something that I noticed too, where he, uh, at least in the script, there's a lot of there's a lot of detail in this in this movie, and it's all about you trying to pay attention to every little detail. Um, and I think it's done really well, where like there are a few details that are giving you a few pieces of information and you don't hear about it until a half hour later like the birthday and 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 it really it it, it sticks with you and it to me it just kind of helps helps solidify the story into one thing and the one th- the other example i think i can think of is when the two detectives ruffalo ruffalo and his partner are talking about uh basements and then later on mm. like, i think almost mm. an hour later oh yeah with a different character, Jake Gyllenhaal's character is he's in that he's in a house that has a basement, and that's a that's a very that's an important piece of information once Jake Gyllenhaal's character finds out, right? Because supposedly the killer has a basement and he's in a house that has a basement, but not there's not a lot of basements in California. Yeah, and that's all that that's that's his character's line. There's there's not a lot of basements in California, and right. and it it brings. It brings you into like this horror feeling feel type. Oh, it's of, of so scene. uneasy. So the scene Freddie's talking about is when he, so Jake Gyllenhaal's character's name is Robert. He's trying to investigate. He's, tra- he's writing a book, but he also was investigating like who the serial killer is. So he, he's like obsessed. Yeah, he's it. like super obsessed. And so he goes, and he goes to this theater owner's house. Who, um, I think he got a tip or something like that and he's actually going to investigate this other guy so he has no fear anything of this theater owner the theater owner says hey let's go back to my place he's like oh yeah you know no red flags nothing and so then he shows him the poster 
of the handwriting and he that's, goes that's supposed to be written by the suspects yeah so he's like oh the zodiac wrote this poster you know this rick wrote this so it's probably rick and he goes no i mean i do all the posters myself that's mine and so we know right before that the handwriting specialist said you know this is the closest i've ever seen to the zodiac's handwriting and so automatically right there Jake Gyllenhaal's face changes and so we know that something changed and like the dynamic change between the two men and so then he says well let's go down in my basement I have them down here I have let me check like on this more copies or something like that yeah uh, well he's gonna go check on when they aired that film and he that's when it cuts to him where he's like there's not a lot of basements in San Francisco and right then and there you know like something's wrong red flags are going and you're like okay whatever you do don't go in that basement that's what you're saying but what does he do he goes in that basement and i want to talk a little bit about as to why he goes in that basement and it's not i don't think it has anything to do with david fincher movies but this is why i give david fincher a complete pass on this because it's people are like oh that's so stupid why would he go in that basement listen i bet you 99 percent of y'all would have gone in that basement let me tell you why because <laughs> it's in our nature even when we have a gut feeling that something's wrong, to not be rude. And most people are like, a lot of people would be like, oh no, I have no problem saying no, blah, blah, blah. I'm a strong, independent woman. No. you. This has happened to so many people where you know something's not right, but you're trying to save face and you can't prove something's right. So you just kind of go along with it. And that's what happened in this movie it's the same reason you see stories of people getting in cars with creepy people or you know they just carry on when they know that something in their gut is wrong it's it's the fear of not being kind the fear of not being rude or a lot of times people will put the fear of being out of the norm you know in front of this eerie feeling we get and I think that's exactly what Jake Gyllenhaal did. And that whole time we know that something is wrong. And that whole time he knows something is wrong. And yet he still goes in that basement. And then, of course, he just dips out of there once that guy, you know, continues to be creepy. But I just, I thought that was so good because it really plays into, like, this human emotion of... A real human emotion. A real human emotion of, you know, we know something's wrong. We can't put our finger on it. So we're just going to continue to walk through life normally and even though it might not be in our best interest well some of the crimes that were committed in the movie are kind of like that where mm-hmm. people are, are are meant to be polite and it oh, sucks yeah. but there's so many people in real life that end up being victims of either murders rapes thefts whatever because of this because they feel something's off uh-huh. but they don't want to be rude and and it's funny that you mentioned that because i actually didn't think about that till just now that's right all of his crimes like the first crime where you see um you know the young couple in the beginning get shot he goes up to the window and the guy rolls down his window and starts talking to him like hey kind of gave us a scare back there so who i mean who does that right but i mean it's just you know something your gut is wrong but yet you just kind of do it and the same with the woman with the baby who gets pulled over on the side of the road she she pulls over for this guy she lets this guy touch her car she doesn't know who this guy is next thing you know she gets in the car with him why because he has this monotone kind of soft voice and she knows something's wrong it's the middle of the night but she doesn't want to be rude yeah which is really interesting i'm interested in how that works 
I know. And it's the same with the other couple too. Like the couple at the lake that he kind of shoots or yeah. he does, or no, he stabs them, I think. Yeah. And so it's the same thing where he talks to them and the guy's like, no, we're, we're going to do whatever you want to do. Just don't, don't worry about it. And he's like actually really nice to the guy and he's talking about like, oh, I can help you, all this stuff. But in the end, we know that their fate is sealed. But I, I, I find that interesting. And it's a lot of the ways that serial killers, just knowing what I know about reading about them and stuff, it's a lot of the ways that serial killers operate. I mean, they know that if they put you in a situation to be uncomfortable, you're going to try and compensate for that uncomfortability by being nice. So it's so great. Keep that in mind. Yeah, so don't do that. So anytime someone's being making you feel uncomfortable, run the other way because they're about to kill you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're about to kill you. <laughs> but this was a good movie though, right? I I love this movie. I just I can watch it this just over and over again and honestly it just doesn't get old for me at all. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's one of my favorites too and I mean Dave's did it, so of course we're gonna watch it. I feel like only David Fincher can do this movie just because of the amount of detail it is. That's what David Fincher's really good at. Mm-hmm. He's good at taking a lot of detail and compartmentalizing it in ways that we can understand. And it's just, and and you have to like you said the 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 part with the basement, the part where he's talking about this guy Lee at Darlene's party and Dar- yeah. who's Darlene, and then he, it goes back to the guy at the end who was originally shot in the beginning, and you know that just that scene of him opening the yearbook and saying, "Okay, this is who we're talking about." Oh yeah, that's the guy. Just little things like that that refer us back. He does such a good job with that because. A serial killer movie like this where it's like so many moving parts, especially because it's a federal investigation, but also it has all these local stations because the Zodiac moved up and down like the coast. It was just, it's just so convoluted. And there's a good editing part where the the detective, one of the detectives, not Mark Ruffalo, but his partner is calling all of the different, the different, yeah, districts. And he's like, okay, who do I talk to? No, you gotta talk to Vallejo. Well, why don't you know this? Well, because I'm not Vallejo. And so then he's like going back and forth, trying to just get like a shred of evidence. And it's so sad because that's honestly the way it works, like with our criminal justice system and, and some of these federal crimes. And that's probably what some of the genius was of the zodiac is just going to different jurisdiction and uh jurisdictions and trying to get the different um you know across the different lines because the departments will talk to each other but only to a certain extent yeah and they're all doing their own investigations yeah and the part that robert where robert comes into play is he's the one that pieces it all together and really just kind of takes everything and makes it like one centralized area yeah so i really like this movie I recommend it. Um, if you don't know David Fincher, if you don't know his movies, look him up. Um, like I said, every single one, I think, he's, I think he did Alien 3, which is just okay. But every single one after that is not just good, not just great, but incredible. Yeah. I would start with this one, though. Hey, guys. Next week, we're talking about The Salesman. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. So watch it there.